Hi, friends. Welcome to the Hi Friend Podcast. My name is Sarah, and this is a podcast I started with my best friend, Kaylee, to share our perspectives of navigating the mysterious, exciting, and sometimes daunting journey of being single women in our 30s, living into our dreams, figuring things out as we go, and celebrating the beauty through it all. As life enters a new season for both of us, we hope this will be a space where you get to experience freedom to live the life you were created for and deep joy to delight in the journey along the way. By inviting you to listen in on our conversations, through sharing my stories, and by adding new friends to the mix as well. I'm so excited you're here, and I can't wait to create and live out our most beautiful lives together. Hi, friends. Welcome back, and thank you so much for being here. I am... I'm really excited about today's episode because it's something similar to the reframing singleness episode that I did a few back. These are things that have kind of been pieced together or added to my life over probably years worth of time, but I think just recently I've started to finally like put a name to them and piece them together and realize that they've been really helpful in shaping my journey as far as it relates to singleness and marriage and all of that, and just reframing beliefs that I've had embedded in me, whether that's my own beliefs, most likely it's things, you know, we add to ourselves from society or family, friends, all kinds of different things. So I don't fortunately feel a lot of like guilt or shame around these things. It just is part of life and being programmed with different um, external expectations and Um, even really exciting expectations too. But I think the thing that's been so helpful has been the ability to identify the times that they've been um, harmful or holding me back and then reframing them in a way that's allowed me to more fully engage and dive deeper into my life and in a really beautiful and full and whole way. So I am looking forward to sharing those things with you guys. Before I start, just a little disclaimer, I am Soundwise competing with it is so windy today so I the wind has been like blowing really loudly so if you hear anything it's possibly that or construction that's happening on and around my street and the third thing is the planes that take off I swear every like two minutes I was thinking it'd be a fun way to stay hydrated would be to play a little drinking game with yourself or every time you can hear an airplane go over in the podcast you should take a, a sip of water um, I would say alcohol, but not right now. Um, okay. So let's just go ahead and get started. I'm working against the clock a little bit too. I have a facial scheduled with, um, my good friend Morgan, who's an incredible esthetician and I haven't had one in so long and I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. So I'm going to try to get this done in the allotted time I gave myself kind of cutting it close, but hoping that I'll perform better under pressure. Okay, so I wanted this episode to be about five specific things that I am not waiting to till I'm married to do. And the reason I wanted to talk about that is because, at least for me, and I think I've also seen this in other females, um, whether it's people who've grown up in the church or even just our generation, I think it's gotten, you know, in a lot of ways there have been, I don't know, it's grown in leaps and bounds as far as like what's accept like acceptable ages for women to get married and there's not all this pressure I feel like to be a, a stay-at-home mom 
um, and wife and all of that. Like there's so many more options that are available to us and we see so many different paths being lived out all the time by incredible examples. So I, you know, I've seen a lot of improvement in that, um, just in our culture at large, but even with that, I think there's still been some realizations in myself that I like have been living under these certain beliefs, some of them, which I feel like kind of embarrassed to share, but also, like I mentioned before, not really, because I don't think it's all stuff that I've just created in my head. I think that, um, yeah, there's a certain amount of expectation that comes when you are someone who desires a relationship, you know, you want to be married, you're just not sure when that's going to happen. And so you kind of start to, to plan ahead for this large milestone in your life. And that can subsequently affect other decisions that you might make. And so the things that I'm starting to learn or piece together now, I'm like, man, I wish I would have had some of this realization at a younger age. And my hope is that I can share more of these things with more and more women um, that are in, you know, whether it's high school, early 20 or college, early 20s, even 30s like me, if in case it helps people to not wait on this this supposed um, like timeline marker or this event that we know is that feels like almost looming in our minds, but also very um, unobtainable or um, elusive is the better word because we're not sure how to we, we can't always have that in our control as far as when we meet someone and when it's the right time to get married. So one of the I, the way that I look at it is kind of like things that originally I was really excited or that I still am excited about when I think about being married. Like, what are the things that I am, why do I want to be married so bad? And I went over that a little bit, well, the, the whole episode kind of in the reframing singleness of um, of pinpointing what it is exactly about that. Like, what feeling am I trying to get out of it? What am I trying to accomplish in my life? Or what would that, I think that would achieve by being married? And so some of these are a little bit more on the surface level, but I still think that they're, valuable and helpful because I, it was interesting to me to realize at times that I was holding back in certain areas because of this. And so the first one, number one, is one thing that I was, you know, would be really excited about to get married is to have a fancy, shiny, sparkly ring on my finger. And honestly, I've actually even really changed my thoughts about the type of wedding ring that I want because... And, you know, I love all kinds of rings. I don't care what other people have, but I just personally, like before I probably would have wanted like a really pretty big diamond sparkling. (laughs) And now I have gotten so into like different gems or different other rings that are at a way more affordable price point, but, um, still super pretty and sparkly. And I always just used to love looking at rings. I mean, I can remember, (laughs) especially with my girlfriend Shada, we used to, like look through wedding magazines or go to the mall and like look in windows of these really big diamond rings. And she now has one of those very big rings on her finger. So congratulations, Shada. Um, <laughs> and we just we used to be obsessed. Like we would joke about how big we wanted our ring to be and how far away you could see it sparkling. And honestly, not even in a superficial way. It just was something that was really fun to talk about and look at. And I think personally, I'm someone who's very easily distracted by shiny, sparkly objects. So I've just always loved pretty jewelry in general. Um, But the thought was like, well, I'm not going to buy a multi-thousand dollar ring for myself and put it, slap it on my hand um, before I marry. That just kind of was the thought that 
I had always had like, well, I'll have a pretty diamond ring when I get engaged and that's that. But then I'd say it was like several years ago where I started having the thought where, where I was like, I, why can't I just buy a nice ring myself? I don't have to wear it on that finger. I can wear it on the other hand. I can wear it on another finger. You know, it doesn't have to look like an engagement ring, but I can still purchase something. Cause I think anytime I would buy an accessory for myself, it was, I never invested that much money in it. It was more just for aesthetic, like accessorizing and not about like something special or meaningful or valuable. And I'd seen several friends start to, you know, have these pieces that were of really beautiful importance to them, like whether it was a necklace or a special bracelet or a special ring, maybe something that had been passed down from their family. Um, oh, and I do have a, a, a special diamond ring on that I wear in my other hand. That was from my dad. Um, and I got that when I was 15 and I still wear it. And so that's just like a diamond band. Um, but I, yeah, I wanted something that I bought for myself and that maybe, you know, signified something important or helped seal in like a decision I wanted to make for myself and also have that be something super pretty. At first I thought I wanted just a really delicate, tiny, like diamond band or something. Um, I just really like really thin, small, delicate uh, jewelry. But then I had asked Lauren, who was on last week's podcast episode, I was like, Oh, do you have any good, um, suggestions cuz she has such beautiful rings. I was like, "Do you have uh, good suggestions of where to find pretty jewelry?" I was thinking of a store, but she sent me this site called Local Eclectic. You can look them up on Instagram. I am going to include the I wrote a blog post around this ring that I'm about to talk about in on Glittering Grace a little while back, so I'll be sure to link to that in the show notes for this episode. But she sent me that site and I was obsessed. I like looked at, I wanted so many things, everything was perfect. And they had all these really beautiful gems and things with diamonds and, um, gold, rose gold, etc. But at decent price points too, it didn't feel like something, you know, I, I'm not, we're not talking about thousand dollar rings here. We're talking about rings that were a couple hundred dollars. And so the other reason that I, at that time started more seriously looking for a ring for myself was not just because I wanted something pretty and sparkly, but I had been, I'd been going to counseling and there were some things in my life that I was trying to really like let go of and commit to a different way of, of living around that. And the example that she brought up was how in AA, um, there, alcoholics have like a physical token, like their chips that they get to signify either a promise that's been made to themselves or to mark a certain time period. Um, similar to how when you get married, a ring is a symbol of your commitment and um, to that other person that you both, it's an outward symbol of, of this promise that you made to one another. And I, as soon as she said that in our counseling session, it really struck a it struck something inside of me and I was like, I love that idea. I, um, you know, I would love to have a physical representation of kind of a promise to myself of how I want to, of the, of the love and the life that I believe I'm worthy of. And, um, and I want to express that in an outward way combined with the idea that I had already wanted to buy myself something pretty and sparkly. So I was like, this is great. Um, so that's why then I reached out to Lauren to get the name of 
of a, a company or a place to look at. And so I started shopping through Local Eclectic and originally was first looking for a band, but then came across this one ring that the stone is moonstone and then it's a hexagon shape, um, which has also taken on greater meaning in my life too, based off of a friend's wedding and the symbolism that they had around a hexagon in their wedding. And it's, yeah, I just really love that shape. And it has little diamonds around the outside of it. Um, and it's, it's just so beautiful. It caught my eye. I could not get my mind off of it. And so I ended up buying that for myself and kind of before I got, before I allowed myself to wear it, I had written out, um, literal vows to myself or things that I wanted to be true about myself and my life. And I wanted to like kind of speak them over myself in a more like a special ceremonial way and then allow myself to wear the ring. So literally kind of like a wedding, but not as maybe awkward as it sounds. But I, so I took, when I got the ring, I waited because I wanted to do it at sunset at the beach. And so I took the ring and the vows with me on a Saturday night and like turned my phone off um, and sat up on one of the lifeguard towers as the sun was setting. And it was a really pretty sunset that night. And yeah, I journaled a little bit and then I just rewrote out all the vows and spoke them out loud. And, and then I started wearing my ring (laughs) and it's really special to me. I wear it every single day. I get so many compliments on it. People always, I think just because it's kind of unique and different and the color of it. And it's something that I just, when, every time I look down at it, um, I can't say that I always, you know, bring to mind those promises or the things that I had originally thought of when I gave myself this ring, but visually it's super appealing to me. I love having, um, just like I like having my nails done and like my bangle bracelets and wearing other rings. There's something about having like adorned hands that makes, that brings me a lot of joy and it makes me want to use my hands more. Um, and you know, you look down at your hands when you're typing and all day long. So that is something that I was really glad that I didn't wait until I was married to have a pretty sparkly ring because I love wearing this and it's very, very special to me. Okay. Number two, creating a beautiful home. So this one, I, I love the home I live in now. I've always enjoyed putting together homes that I've lived in. I've lived on my own once before. Um, and you know, I, yeah, I mean, I definitely take pride in the in the room that I live in, in the house that I live in. I love having people over and hosting and all of that. So it's not like I'm living in some dump that's, you know, I'm like totally denying myself the pleasures of a nice home <laughs> until I get married. But I will say that there have been times where I found myself being like, oh, well, I'm not going to invest in like a nice set of knives because I'll get that when I get married or I'm not going to get nice dishes or whatnot. I mean, some of this definitely does center around kitchen where (laughs) I think the concept of, you know, like having a home that you've are is super intentional and that you've put a lot of love and energy into and that has investment pieces in it because I would think like, well, those are things I would want to purchase with a partner. And, um, you know, what if I buy these things and then get married in a year and (laughs) then I'll have to get all new things. And, I honestly would have those thoughts sometimes and yeah, so it's been easier to just sort of like get by with the things that I have. Again, I love the things I have and it's not like I don't buy nicer things for myself, but I think the distinction of just like kind of like mediocre and not letting myself fully dive into creating my like dream space because of the thoughts that I want to build that with a partner someday. 
And I, you know, I started to have that shift a little bit, um, maybe not even like explicitly in my mind or consciously, but when I read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up and I, you know, thought about creating this home and space that totally sparked joy for me. And so that became a really fun project for myself with my, with my own room where I would just constantly be thinking about ways I wanted to like design it and redecorate it and all of that. And so, yeah, I have like definitely created that space, but I think super recently as I've been starting to ask, like step back and ask myself, what is the life that I want to live? Like, what does that look like? What are the things that, what would I be doing every day? What would the home be like that I'm living in? Um, what would I be doing for work? Like just getting super clear on all of those things, um, and removing a partner from the equation, like just taking that off the table. (laughs) I don't need to worry about that. It's not happening right now. It might someday, but it's not right now. So I, that does not need to be a part of the equation. And so when I realized that, I started picturing, you know, I've lived in this house with roommates for almost, uh, well, for over seven years now, almost seven and a half. Um, and I've loved it. I think I love having roommates at times. Um, and I also loved living alone. But as I started to think about this new chapter of my life, the thought of living alone started to really appeal to me again. And I, you know, thought about this, creating this space where I was like, it just spoke to everything that I love and that um, was exactly the type of home that I wanted and allowing myself to believe that I deserve nice things on my own, that I don't have to just, you know, that's a nice kitchen setup isn't reserved for couples who get to register. Anyone can have that. I mean, yes, I can see how logistically and financially why it works out to be that way sometimes because, of course, when you have a wedding and you get gifted a bunch of things, like it can be super expensive to overhaul your whole house. And that's not what I'm totally talking about, but, um, you know, I, it's harder to pull the trigger on like a $300, um, Vitamix or something by myself or a really nice vacuum or whatever it might be when I know that maybe I would get gifted that when I get married. So, I am allowing myself to reframe that belief and when I'm presented with a place of my own and I believe uh, we'll have the finances to take care of that, then I want to get my own nice stuff. And you know what? I might even register for things because why shouldn't single people be allowed to register? (laughs) I've thought about this a lot and I've talked about it with some friends and I kind of have a, a game plan as far as, you know, I can understand why people would be like, okay, that's a little little much or a little entitled or I mean people do things like housewarming gifts but the thought I had was if I moved into a place and had a housewarming party and like you know maybe had it catered had dinner made it a fun party for everyone and decided to register for things in order to help offset some of the costs the caveat would be that if you came if you got me a gift for my housewarming party you know you could be off the hook for if you're invited to my wedding not having to get me a gift Um, but yeah, I don't know. Curious what other people's thoughts are on that. I can see how it could have some different opinions, but part of me feels like, I don't want to use the word fair, but it seems like it, it isn't totally fair that just married people get to be the ones that register for things. So anyways, very excited about 
kind of that shift in my mind and thinking and daydreaming about that next chapter for me and what it will literally look like because I've been like saving all these images on Instagram and um, on Pinterest of kind of what my dream home would look like and it's making it's like fulfilling this creative uh, bucket of mine that makes me really happy okay number three learning finances this is a less exciting one but actually is exciting because I've learned to reframe it in a way that is exciting for me. <laughs> but I, I I don't know if I've mentioned this in another episode. Um, but basically, I grew I I grew up in a home where my mom stayed home. My dad um, brought in the money. Yeah, he worked full time, brought in the money, um, took care of our family financially, um, paid the bills. You know, not that my mom was totally like oblivious of that process or anything, but he, that was definitely um, on, on his end. And my mom, you know, fully took on the roles of being a mom and only like, uh, manager of our house and the cleaning and all the activities and all the extracurricular things and school things. And in my mind, this worked great. I loved it. We, you know, had this lovely, wonderful life, um, where we weren't, you know, we got to do the things we want to do. We got to go on vacations. And I had a mom that was super present in my life. Um, and you know, my dad was was really present too. I mean, he was home for dinner every night, and um, we didn't exactly see him in the mornings. He's not a morning person, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, in my mind, in my child mind, and growing up, that that system worked really well for me. So it is not surprising that that is something that I saw and desired for my future as well because I didn't have a a great image of of another situation and I think as we you know as the marriage age has like gone up and up and up as far as the average age of when people are getting married and more women are like engaged in the workplace than ever before and you know earning these higher salaries that is that is totally shifting like it's crazy how even in just a 20 you know 30 year age span age gap uh, yeah age span um time span. That's better. We've seen this shift in kind of like a more traditional um, household setup to now one where we're having to figure out like what it looks like to have people co-parenting and two two incomes coming in and women who aren't getting married until later. So what does that mean for their careers as far as what they're supposed to do before they get married and then after they get married? So lots of things to figure out. Um, But with that, so I do want to say the, the caveat um, that – actually, no, sorry. That's in the next one. So basically, I have never been one to super enjoy finances. I don't – that wasn't a subject I was interested in school. I'm not a math person. I – you know, this is partially – this is a whole other topic, but about the education system and not really learning those things at a young – at a younger age or developing age or in college – um, so I didn't have a really big grasp on what what it looked like to to earn an income, to manage my own finances, to pay taxes, to save for a house and all of those things. I truly and yeah, I truly believed and hoped that my husband would take care of that someday. And I know that sounds maybe pathetic. Um, and at times I, I would question that and be like, well, of course I want to be knowledgeable in those things and not just have that, just have like the man take care of that and be so stereotypical in that way. But if I was being honest with myself and if I'm being honest with you, I just not something that I wanted to do. 
And I really liked the idea of handing that off. And on the flip side, I was super excited about being the one who took care of the house. Like I was like, I will do your laundry all day long. I will cook. Um, actually, I don't super love cooking, but I like the idea of managing a household and raising children and being that side of the equation in like a functioning home and being willing to relinquish the like the nitty gritty financial side to my partner. Well, again, fast forward to where we are now, almost 34 years old, clearly not married, not in a relationship. And multiple times I've had the thought of like, okay, well, (laughs) sounds like this is something that you probably should get a handle on yourself since that's not coming now. And then ultimately, don't you want to know those things so that even when you do get married, like you're not, you're both equally contributing to that and you are um, contributing to the household and the the income because um, there's so many different ways to make income these days. It doesn't have to look like both partners doing a 40 hour a week job at a, at a corporation somewhere. Like there's so many different ways to make money. And I really wanted to f- figure out how to do that um, without the help of a husband. I want to do that on my own. And so, oh, I guess this is for this point still. So the caveat being, um, I have not just sat around <laughs> for the last, you know, 10, 12, however many years, like twiddling my thumbs waiting for a husband. I have fully taken, since I graduated college, I have been in charge of my own finances and taking care of myself. I know I do have very generous parents and grandparents who have made a lot of things possible. Absolutely. But I am not on anybody else's like bankroll. (laughs) I, you know, I earn my own money. I budget myself. I manage my own bills. So in a lot of ways, I'm really proud of myself for that. But no matter how much I was either making or not making, I think I can point to like a couple times in my life where I was like, okay, I've got a handle on this. I'm, you know, making a good amount. I'm putting everything in its buckets. I'm saving, et cetera. But I think recently I started to realize it didn't matter how much I was making. I kind of wasn't growing in my finances. I was staying at a, a similar place. I was getting to do the things in life that I wanted to do, but I wasn't expanding that. I wasn't adding onto it um, and growing my my wealth and instead I was just sort of like make getting by or making do and using that to like and go travel or do fun things thinking that like someday when I settle down I'll I'll figure that out or someday when I get married I'll handle that nope it's happening now so I I don't if you follow me on Instagram you've probably seen that I'm on a little bit of what I call like an abundance journey which and I'm doing a lot of work around shifting my mindsets around money and finances. And it's been a really, really amazing and powerful journey. I'm sure I'll do an episode on that, um, in the future, but, um, yeah, it's been, you know, challenging at times, but also just really empowering and really exciting to realize that I get to have full control over that aspect of my life. And I don't want to just wait. I don't want to hope for abundance or the life I want to live by way of my husband. I want to to create that life for myself and I believe it's totally possible. So that is like what I'm currently working on um, and and going after in my own life. And my my word for the year is also abundance. Um, I think I partially chose that to claim it over the year, but I also kind of felt like it was given to me. So excited to share more about that um, because that's a whole journey on its own. But as it relates to 
my singleness and marriage. Um, I think that's been a big part of my story as well. Okay. So big one, like, or deeper one, number four, finding my purpose. I would say I'm definitely not waiting to be married to find my purpose, but even because starting from like a young age, I thought about what I wanted to do. Like in junior high, um, I knew I wanted to do, I wanted to be a marriage family therapist. And, you know, I've always, I've held on to this interest around like helping to create whole relationships and heal broken ones. And, um, I still think that's a part of my story. And, um, as far as like the bigger picture of, I see the mission of my life being, but as it relates to like everyday career stuff, I shared the story already about not moving forward with graduate school after a semester, partially because of the timing of it and believing that I was too young at the time. It didn't make sense to move forward with something that I would get into the thick of right around the time that I would, quote, be getting married and having kids only to have to stop. And I look back at that and I'm like, oh my gosh, um, not not a good move. I mean, it was a good move for me to stop school, so that's fine. But I just, I'm embarrassed that I would make a decision <laughs> like that around this imaginary timeline. I wish I wouldn't have done that. And I have done that in other parts of my life as well. Um, I can <laughs> remember a specific time. Oh my gosh, you guys are going to, I don't know, judge me, do whatever you want. But there it's very cringy when I think back to it, but at the same time, it was my truth. So I'm going to stick to it. And because I, and I do think this is a very, very beautiful and noble and amazing role to fulfill and a desire to have. But I was in a job interview for my first, it was an outside sales job, my first real career after I left grad school. So entering the real world on my own and in the interview with my manager, um, he asked like, where do you see yourself? Let's say 10 years, because I don't think it was five, but I think it was something like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Clearly wanting to know a little bit more career wise, what I'm looking at. And I said that I will be a wife and a, and a mom. <laughs> and that was, that was my answer because I, you know, I really wanted that for my life and I didn't have this dream or plan to work for, a company or for, to climb this corporate ladder for years to come, like maybe for the time being, but that's not what I saw for myself long-term. And I understand obviously career-wise, that's not what I should have said. Um, but I really, I stand by what I said because that's, that was my desire then. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay to, to that time. That was the dream that I had for my life. And I, now that I have all these thoughts and revelations around it, of course, I would have done things a little bit differently, but I have grace for myself in that time period and I did get the job, <laughs> um, ended up not loving it after I was there for a couple years. So yeah, so it didn't keep me from getting the job, but I, I share that story to, to point out that again, I think that those those roles are very, very beautiful. And it's, I think that they were placed in my heart for a reason. And in so many women, other people's hearts as well. But I, the distinction is that I wish I would have known back then. And what, what I would love to like impart to younger women and to more people is that those, those are just roles and they're not who we are. So I, 
I was not a mother then and I was not a wife and I didn't have the control. I don't, those aren't things I have control over. Like it's okay to want to be those things and it's okay to want to be a CEO or whatnot or these different roles. But I wish that I was at a younger age that doing the kind of work that I am now, which is really getting clear with myself um, and you know, being still and listening to God, my inner voice and asking, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing with my life? Like essentially, what is my purpose? And I know that question can be really overwhelming for people or really loaded. And I don't think that we have to put as much pressure as maybe people think on that. Like when I say, what is my purpose? I don't mean for the rest of my life, what is the one thing that I'm only supposed to be doing, et cetera, et cetera. I just mean like, if I, I believe I was, we were all like given these internal desires, compasses, gifts, things that um, light us up that we, you know, feel the most excited and alive about when we're doing them. And so when I think it's important to pay attention to those because those are the things that when we're doing them, they not only improve our quality of life and um, bring us in greater like alignment with our source and with our creator, but it is beneficial to the people around us as well. And so as I look back over the last like 10 years, let's say post-college, actually 12 years, I think I was taking jobs as kind of just like a filler. Like I was doing jobs because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. I needed to make money and I could pursue like certain passions on the side and whatnot. Um, And that's okay. But I didn't, I never really stopped and like asked myself those deeper questions. And I think it would be so, so valuable if we started doing that at a younger age with people and not in a sense of like, what is the, because you know, when you go to college, you hear like, it doesn't matter what you, what your major is, or you don't have to figure, have it figured out yet. And I a hundred percent agree with those, those things. But I do think that there's value in allowing ourselves to stop and get, you know, do like exercises and question, deeper questioning around like, what is, what is it that we think we're here to do, at least for the next, how, foreseeable future for next year, the next few years, or even if it's, what are you supposed to be doing today or tomorrow? Like those are important questions we should be asking ourselves. And yeah, so now I'm in a space where like, I am really diving into that and I am getting very clear with myself and it feels super exciting because I now have like these things to focus on. And honestly, they're not even, they're not careers yet. They're not things that are making me money. I'm still doing other work to, to get by and to, to fund my life. Um, but with the hope that those, those dreams of mine and those things that I feel called to will be the same things that, um, give me a paycheck every month as well. Um, cause I think that that is something that is totally possible for each of us in our lives. Um, but yeah, so I think that's like a deeper, a deeper one of, and then too, the ultimate beauty of that is when we are living in, into the things that we're meant to do, we're so clear on what like our mission is or what our purpose is that we're like vibrating at this level and we're acting, you know, like whether we're involved with certain things or connecting with certain people or attending certain events, um, that it will be that much more beautiful and much easier to meet someone at that same level. And I don't mean doing the same purpose as you, but I, sometimes that is what happens. And that's beautiful if you can be like on mission together with your partner, uh, in this world. But I think that you can easily be doing different things. But if I were just like 
if I were just living my life and not asking those questions and kind of working whatever jobs and then found someone that I wanted to be with, I could see how it would be easy for me to kind of glom on to either their dream, um, which is okay if it's something that I, you know, if that's something that was resonated with me or was in line with me and I could help support them in that. But I, or like, I just don't feel like I'd be bringing as much value to that relationship if I wasn't very clear and living into my fullest life first. Like I don't want to be a half of a whole. I want to be two holes that come together and are like these powerhouses in the world. Um, whether that's supporting each other in our journeys, which I think, you know, I would hope would be somewhat in line. Like it'd be hard to have like two totally different passions, at least, um, in my mind, um, and not like understanding where the other person is coming from. But, um, yeah, I just think that it's, super valuable to get clear on your own journey before joining your life with someone else's. So that is, that is number four. And then we'll end on a fun one because this is something that I think I do pretty well in life. And I'm going to share one specific around this, but, um, it's a, it's just a, a practice that I do in other, and other times in my life as well. So I went back to like, what are the things about marriage specifically that excite me or that I'm looking forward to? And one of those is a big fun wedding, (laughs) not just because of the attention or the fancy party, but I, my favorite thing, one of my favorite things in the world is when everyone I love is gathered in one place and you are celebrating together, you're dancing, you're laughing, you're crying, like it's a deep, um, like intentional thing that you're there for. I, I truly think that like my brother's wedding was one of the best days of my life because it was a close, it was probably as close as I would, um, as I would get to my own wedding in terms of like the people that I love all being in one place, but then magnify that times a million when it's like all my closest friends, um, my husband's closest friends, our families, family friends that have like grown up with me and supported me along my journey. Like I, yeah, when I think about my wedding, that is what I am so, so excited for. And so I think there's times where I, I would get sad, like being like, okay, well, what if I don't get married or why is it, you know, if it's taking so long, like that's a bummer that I'm going to miss out on that. And I had always, I had always looked forward to turning 30. That was just something I had had in my mind as like being a really great year and a great thing to celebrate. And sure enough, it was I loved turning 30. I feel like that was a a turning point in my life a little bit. And then 33 has also been an incredible year. But I have also been always been one who's loved parties. I love birth. I love my celebrating my birthday. Um, I I love celebrating other people's birthdays too. But I've always loved planning birthday parties since I was little. And I I just kind of have the mentality of like, if that's something I love to do, then I should just plan it myself. Like, and I. I don't mean it in like a loving all the attention on me type of a thing. Um, It is mostly just like it's something fun to bring all the people I love together into one place. And for my, so for my 30th, I was like, okay, what if I, you know, I'm not married yet. I haven't had a wedding. Like what if I make this like a big, fun, fancy party um, that's almost like as close to a wedding as I could sort of muster up (laughs) with the budget that I had and, and all of that. Um, and sure enough, it ended up, well, 
first of all, I accidentally refer to my 30th birthday as my wedding all the time, which is V embarrassing. But it, I think this is why is because <laughs> it was such a special night. Um, I you hear that construction. Love it. I ordered a dress off of Rent the Runway that I had been dreaming of forever, which made me then be like, I, why don't I just do this for my wedding dress someday? Like it was such a great, easy process. Um, and the dress fit perfectly and it was such a dream. It was like this gold sequin gown. I wish that I had written up. I wish I took, had gotten better pictures taken that night. That's one of my regrets and that I had like a blog post written up about this that I could link back to, but I do have, um, an Instagram photo that I can, that I can share. And we had it at this, at this really beautiful location, like right on the water, Um, my, you know, I invited family, close friends. It was like this big party. I had like a friend DJ it for me. So it turned into a dance party, got it catered. I've got flowers, centerpieces from Trader Joe's that I helped put together. Like the planning part of it was honestly super fun for me too. And it wasn't really stressful. Like I had a lot of fun doing it and I like, you know, sent out invitations and, um, my best friend Kelsey flew in from New York to surprise me for it, which was insane and so amazing. And it just ended up being this like really, really beautiful, fun night. And I, yeah, I'm so glad that I did that. And I am just someone who really firmly believes in celebrations. And I don't think most people are like, oh, you only get your wedding celebration and that's it in life. But there are, you know, there's more celebrations that seem to be focused and centered around like getting married, having a baby. Like there's the lead up to that. There's bachelorette weekends. There's um, showers and engagement parties and baby showers and all of that and gifts that come with all of those things. And so if you're not in a stage of life where you're having those and you want to have parties, like throw freaking parties, have dinner parties, have, bring your friends together. Like it doesn't have to be about giving gifts to that person. Um, it can just be like, even our best lives nights, like those weren't about me. Those are about gathering people together. And I love like the chance to, for people to have an excuse to dress up and to have like intentional conversations and take photos and have yummy food and drinks and all of that. And so, yeah, I think there's just, I have like, I've just always loved having fun themed birthday parties and um, I'm actually in the midst. My birthday is not for over a month and a half and I am this close to sending out a Facebook invite for it because I've just been like thinking about, (laughs) I've, I've had the theme since January. So I'm like, yeah. And I just bought a, a critical piece of my outfit today. And now it's like, I need to get into full planning mode because I love it. It brings me so much joy and maybe parties are not your thing. And the thought of a big wedding with everyone focusing on you is your idea of a nightmare. Then great. This isn't, that's not something you have to worry about. But for me, that was something that I think was, um, just a really fun realization. Like I don't have to wait till a wedding to have a really beautiful, meaningful party. I think you can gather people and you can do it for other, other events too. Like it doesn't have to be about a birthday. Like I believe in celebrating life milestones, like whether that's you started a new job or you graduated. Uh, My friend Kyle had the most amazing grad party that he threw and like it was so clever and so well done around um, after he got his PhD um, in psychology and it yeah, it just like, you know, it brought together friends, family, and it was this whole ceremony and it was kind of, it was cheeky and meant to be like making fun of things in in a way, like a typical graduation ceremony, but yet it was also really meaningful and, and special. And I, 
I just love seeing other people take the opportunity to like um, highlight those events in their lives and um, mark mark them like with an event or with a party. And I just, I, yeah, I think it's very valuable. And that's it. Those are the five things that I am not waiting till marriage to do. So thank you so much for listening. I would also love to hear what you guys think. And if you, if any of you have similar things that you've realized throughout your journey, as far as a belief that maybe you were holding on to that you were able to reframe or start living differently around like the idea of waiting till marriage to that, you have to wait until that time to be able to start something or do something or have something. So I, I'm going to put a post up on my Instagram that corresponds with this. Um, I'm actually on a little bit of an Instagram break for the week, but I'm going to pause it so that I can throw that up and hear from you guys over at Glitter and Grace. It's, it will be my most recent post. And if you're not listening to this in real time, it will be a photo from my 30th birthday. So a little throwback Thursday for you. And I'll be wearing a gold sequin dress. <laughs> And yeah, I would love to hear if there is a belief that you realize that maybe you have been holding on to that you think that you have to wait until marriage to to do a certain thing, whether that's a belief you've already realized or if my list of sharing these things triggered something that you realize that you've been holding on to subconsciously and maybe something that you are going to do differently now if you are single and if you are married or in a relationship, I still would love to know if you're brave enough to share uh, maybe something that you wish you wouldn't have waited till you were married to start doing um, or or something that you were happy that you didn't wait till marriage to start, to start doing. So anything in those categories, I would love to know uh, over at Glitter and Grace. And I will post a blog post with some show notes for this, though probably not with a lot because it's last minute and this post is going to needs to go up tomorrow. So I'll do my best. And, um, as always, thank you so much for leaving reviews on, for the podcast on iTunes. It means so much. And anytime you share this with a friend or on your social media, it really means the world to me. So, um, you can head over to highfriend.co to see notes from the shows and find me over on Instagram at glitter and grace. Thank you so much for being here and I hope you have the most wonderful and magical day. Bye friends.